I want to begin tonight by bringing your attention to the TV. And I'm hoping you guys are able to see the TV. I don't know if you're going to be able to see everything on the TV. But um, esto, esto que está aquí enfrente tiene que ver con algo, y esta es la palabra clave, que es, eh, ¿qué sería en español? Unprecedented. Nunca antes visto, nunca antes vivido, ¿sí? Algo que tiene que ver con un reinado nunca antes visto y las lecciones a través de la historia. And we're speaking about Queen Elizabeth II in England. ¿Alguien sabe lo que son el Platinum uh, Jubilee? Porque mi esposa y yo vamos a cumplir 25 años. So, ¿Son bodas de qué? Bodas de plata. So, ¿Qué será el Platinum? ¿Alguien sabe más o menos de qué se trata? Porque está celebrando algo. This is getting to a specific anniversary for this lady. No, no 50. No, 25 es plata que somos nosotros. ¿Esta qué sería? Almost, almost. Es 70. 70, 70, 70. Está cumpliendo 70 años ella de reinado en Inglaterra este año. That's a lot, isn't it? Now, here's my point. This is why I'm bringing this up. Cuando pienso en 70 años de reinado, cuando esta señora empezó a reinar en Inglaterra, that was a different world. Did you agree? Yeah. 70 años atrás era una cultura y un mundo completamente diferente al que vivimos hoy en día. So I can only imagine, you know, obviously this is England, this is the Great Britain, they have a different system. Pero mi punto es que si me pudiera sentar con ella, if I can just sit down with her and just talk. I'm just thinking the Church of England right now. En la cuestión de iglesia, Inglaterra es, otra, es otro mundo, ¿no es cierto? Just to think about the legacy, the, the trajectory and all that. Undeniably, for all of us, we are in a constant, ever-changing culture. We are. We, we're, it's, it's just constantly moving and moving and moving. En mi mente regreso, mi esposa y yo somos de una parte del sur de Tamaulipas, you know, about six hours drive from, from the border from uh, Reynosa, Matamoros. If you drive straight south, that's where we're from. Y en esa área donde vivimos, donde somos, no vivimos, pero donde somos, hay una área, there's a place there, a recreational place, que se llama El Cielo. It's called Heaven. And literally what it is, is you go up the mountain, and he gets into that place, which is a beautiful place. Uh, National Geographic has done a lot of studies. And when you go up there, basically, uh, es como lo que le llaman la zona del silencio. No hay señal de nada. You get disconnected from everything. Se cuenta la historia de que unos jóvenes subieron. <clears throat> they went up to that place, and they went right about maybe one or two days before 9-11. Subieron, disconnected, they didn't know, I mean, no, no newspapers, no phone, nothing. Bajaron como tres o cuatro días after 9-11. Y cuando bajaron, they couldn't understand what was going on, news-wise. Y cómo las cosas han cambiado. For some reason, I get the impression that as families, when it comes to the family nucleus, I think that's exactly what has happened. O sea, hemos puesto la familia, tragically, in a bubble, in a segregated environment, nos hemos alejado por los cambios tan rápidos que ha habido y de repente el mundo cambió and then suddenly we're like, wait, 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 that we have legalized what? That we have done what? La iglesia es lo que ha hecho inclusive también, si no tenemos cuidado. Perdemos lo que le llaman, we, we lost touch with reality sometimes. O sea, no sabemos cómo procesar and then sometimes what we do, tragically, we just go like this, la, 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 no, it's not happening. You know, it's not happening. Y, y eso. Uh, inclusive, uh, parte de lo que estamos haciendo ahorita uh, desde enero pasado, so it's been a year, this whole 2021, we've been serving the churches across the state of Texas. 
And, and I get to serve with Texas Baptist, Texas Baptist in Espanol specifically, which is basically the Baptist General Convention of Texas. So we do the denominational work across the state of Texas. You know, las cosas que he descubierto como pastor, working with fellow pastors. This is what I've been just going. And, and I said, and I said, I'm discovering, but really, I'm a fellow struggler. I'm just, you know, ahorita hablo del matrimonio, 25 años, but whatever you find yourself on this marriage thing, or maybe you used to be married, or you wish you can be married, or whatever you might be tonight, we're fellow strugglers, right? So no venimos aquí para hablar como expertos. Venimos a hablar acerca del que es un experto, que es Cristo, pero todos estamos en la misma situación. Cuando veo la iglesia across the state of Texas, one of the struggles that we're finding across the state of Texas is precisely how do you keep up with the changes? O sea, cuando piensas en 70 años de reinado, man, I can only imagine the pressures that these people have had within the, the trajectory of 70 years. So, el pensar en un matrimonio de cuatro años, de seis años, de 60 años, whatever you find yourself on marriage, you know, how do you keep up with this? La perspectiva que tenemos esta noche, and then for the next few minutes, I just want to talk about this with you guys, es que nosotros entendemos que la Biblia presenta o introduce o revela. This is, this is how the Bible portrays, introduces, simply, again, just brings us the character of God as a sovereign God. La palabra sovereign o soberano significa que él tiene control de todas las cosas. Meaning, this is what it means. It means that regardless of how life changes, regardless who's in charge, ¿me explico? O sea, quién esté en control, quién esté eh, eh, liderando, sea en gobierno, sea una familia, sea la economía, whatever the case may be, God is in control. Now, now here's the challenge. The question is, if that's true, the question is, what does that mean? Especially when you go through experiences that you might be questioning the existence of God. When you go through a situation in your fam family, in your life, in your marriage, in your whatever, and you question, because you used to believe that there was a God, but if God actually existed, then why would something like this happen? Una de las cosas que hoy en día está pasando, because of everything that is taking place, a veces yo creo que la pregunta no es tanto si Dios existe. I don't, I don't I'm not 100%. Sure, 100% sure that it is about whether God exists. The question is whether he cares. Y, y menciono la cuestión de que si le importamos, porque otra vez, la vida, el matrimonio, los hijos, somos demasiado frágiles. I mean, COVID has exposed how fragile we actually are. And, and, and when I think about, again, how fragile we are, a lot of times I don't think the issue is whether he exists or not. I think the issue is whether he cares or not on whatever is going on in our lives. Este, este concepto de que Dios está en control de las cosas debe de ser la oportunidad en un mundo que ha cambiado para nosotros, and again, this is what I will invite you tonight to consider for the next few minutes, to utilize the changes in the world, todo lo que está pasando, estos cambios, without approving the changes, make sure that we utilize those changes to create traction versus friction. Estamos aquí en el corazón de Texas, y yo sé que aquí las trucks son muy atractivas. Nos gustan mucho las trucks. Y las trucks, cuando tienen el four-wheel drive, eso implica que tienen doble tracción, ¿verdad? Entonces, pi piensen conmigo en la tracción. La tracción es de que en una situación, whatever you find yourself, when you have traction, the situation allows you to propel, to move forward. Friction is the opposite, right? La, la fricción te detiene. So, translate what I just said. In a constant changing world, how... And this is what I, I want to make the connection between the sovereignty of God, el Dios que está en control de todo, de acuerdo a la palabra de Dios, es Dios quien sienta a los gobernantes en el mundo. That's what the Bible says. Now, hear me say this, look at me. It's not implying that God approves 
what every leader does in the world. Entonces, es el concepto de acceptance without approval. Una vez más, es el aceptar o el reconocer que Dios establece las cosas. Él pone los líderes. So, so the last person who cast the ballot in, in, uh, in, um, in, in, in una election day, sea una monarquía, sea una democracy, doesn't matter the, the, the governmental system, God is in control. The question is, what does that mean when things are changing and the change sometimes feel overwhelming? La invitación de esta noche es simplemente esta. ¿Cómo le hacemos para usar los cambios? Once again, this ever constant changing, is constantly changing, de que se conviertan en traction versus friction. Una de las cosas que han cambiado mucho, por ejemplo, es que ha crecido mucho lo que se le conoce como el Charlie Brown Syndrome. Este Charlie Brown Syndrome es lo que se le llama hoy en día relativism. ¿Han escuchado esa palabra de relativismo? Everything goes. So, whatever is true to you, who am I to say no to whatever makes you happy? Eso es relativismo, ¿verdad? De que no hay una verdad central, de que no hay absolutos. There is no way, there is no way there can only be one way to heaven, Jesus Christ. There's going to be multiple ways, right? So, si mi hija o mi hijo se quiere casar con alguien de another religion or someone that used to go to church or whatever. So, everything, okay, I'm, I'm bringing that because el Charlie Brown syndrome es el, es el típico síndrome. Lo que hace Charlie Brown, típicamente, cuando él tiene un arrow y, una, y, una, y un bow, es que él agarra el arrow, agarra el bow, y literalmente ve la pared, lo avienta, y donde pega la arrow, donde entra la, la lanza, ahí va y dibuja el bullseye alrededor. Porque de esa manera nunca pierde el chavo. Whatever it hits. Just... Entonces, es lo que típicamente, yo argumentaría que en los últimos 70 años, es lo que ha caracterizado la característica de nuestra cultura. That's exactly where we are. So as you think about marriage and you think about kids and grandkids, it's about relativism. So in este caso, tenemos una cultura que no necesariamente se opone a Dios. I don't think our culture opposes necessarily God. I think they are willing to deal, to talk to whatever God, as long as God is one option among multiple options. Tracking with me? So, is the concept of universalism, is the concept of everything goes. I mean, si eso funciona para ti, hey, power to you, brother. You deserve to be happy. Pero si eso no funciona para mí. So, esta cuestión del relativismo, esta es una de las cosas que en el Antiguo Testamento, if you go back to the Bible, in the Old Testament and New Testament, prophets and apostles, Old Testament, New Testament, they're going to speak to the people of God, porque esto implica lo que se le llama sincronismo. It's when you believe in God and you want to mix it with something else, with someone else. Y una de las características de Dios, hablando en el contexto de marriage, is that God looks at his people, Old Testament, New Testament, literally as a husband, and looking, the church is called the bride of Christ. ¿Qué es el punto? Ese es el punto. Primer mandamiento, the very first commandment, that shall not have any other gods before me. What's the concept? The beauty of marriage is the understanding of intimacy, oneness, exclusivity. Tracking with me? Una vez más, es el concepto de exclusividad, el concepto de literalmente es el pacto que hacemos cuando nos casamos. So cuando pensamos en esta cuestión de relativism, when you think about the Charlie Brown syndrome, tragically, ese concepto de un solo Dios, del Dios verdadero, once again, our culture is extremely spiritual. No necesariamente la espiritualidad que requiere una relación con Dios. Tracking with me on what I'm saying? 
I think our cultures, I mean, people love spirituality. Si piensas en yoga, si piensas en uh, meditation, uh, si piensas en un montón de prácticas religiosas, en un montón de cosas como la globalización de las cosas, como esta tiene que ver con esta, esta mentalidad. Una de las cosas que esto se ha traducido en el matrimonio, and I know you will not be able to read this from the very back, but I'll just read it for you, en esta, en esta little, little, little um, um, graphic, esto es lo que dice. Dice, relationships last y aquí están two elderly people. Relationships last not because they were destined to last. En este tipo de mentalidad es lo que se le llama fate. Es simplemente you got lucky. O la clásica. Here's the killer one. Soulmates. ¿Sí? Las almas gemelas le llaman. Aquellas relaciones que se hicieron en el cielo. Okay. Now listen to me. Biblically speaking, there are no soulmates. Your soulmate is your spouse. That's it. Menciono eso porque este concepto de relativismo en marriage about soulmates, once you're married, there's no plan B. I don't know if that makes sense. Porque trágicamente este concepto de soulmates, sí, trágicamente ha creado literalmente el divorcio de muchos matrimonios. Porque once you're married and then you find your soulmate, it's like, no brother, no, no, there is no plan B. This is, this, this, is, this is God's original plan. Cuando te casaste, me explico, es una decisión que hicimos. Now, menciono todo esto porque está diciendo aquí esto. Relationships last, not because they were destined to last. O sea, no es la cuestión de que simplemente estos tuvieron suerte y por eso siguen casados y estos pues pasaron por lo que pasaron. No, no. Dice aquí, relationships last. Las relaciones se mantienen y puedes terminar la carrera junto. Dice, this is because two people. Which in this case, and I gotta quick make my parenthesis. Times are changing so fast, and I'm not gonna prophesy because I'm not, I'm not a prophet nor the son of a prophet. Pero esto, esta mentalidad es tan preval, prevalente hoy en día que cuando hablamos de two people, unfortunately, I'm of the mindset, tragically, that I believe that you and I, before we die, we're gonna see the legalization of polygamy in this country. We are so crazy and so broken. We're just crazy. I don't know if you agree with me on this. We, we are missing the point. We are so driven by relativism. We do not disagree with God as long as he's one option among many. Entonces, cuando hablamos de dos personas, dice, relationship lasts long because two people, uh, I'm say, uh, again, tragically, I think those things are going to change the way we're legalizing things, made a choice To keep it, keep the marriage, fight for it, and work for it. Entonces, John Maxwell, que es uno de los gurus de leadership, él dice que, él dice que um, success and failure, success and failure, o sea, el triunfo y el fracaso no son eventos, son procesos. They are not, they are not events, they are processes. And, and I'm thinking of a marriage that is coming to the end, of the journey, whether they're going to die or not, whatever. Pero si piensas en un matrimonio que termina la carrera juntos, if you think about May, coming up the month of May, and graduations come, you know, people graduate from high school, college, whatever. The graduation ceremony is the recognition of the success. Pero el success fue el process as a freshman, as a sophomore, as a junior, as a senior, right? It's on process de ello. Translate that into marriage. For you to succeed in marriage is not an event. It's a process. What type of process? Otra vez, es el proceso en el cual reconocemos things have changed. The promise that God has made us, this is where God, 
This is where God makes himself accountable. O sea, él se hace responsable de usar los cambios de nuestra cultura, de nuestras vidas, porque es obvio. Cuando yo veo esta foto y veo estos two elderly people, it's pretty obvious that they are not the same people when they got married. I don't know if you agree with me. Pero Areli, in los almost 25 years, I will argue that she has, she's been with about four guys. It's the same guy. I just changed about four times through the last 20 plus. <laughs> It's just been changes in my life. I'm not the same. I'm not supposed to be the same person. Right? In 1997, I was size 28, a lot of hair, and it was black. It was a lot. I've changed. People change. Pero el problema no son los cambios. El problema es que hemos, vean lo que voy a decir. El problema es que hemos, estos cambios, whether they are positive changes, negative changes, we have literally, we have exalted the change. O sea, lo exaltamos el cambio. Meism, um, relativism, el cambio que estoy experimentando, lo exalto. Eventually, no solamente lo exalto, lo empiezo a adorar y eventualmente lo empiezo a satanizar. I'm exalting my individuality, I'm exalting my, my uniqueness or my autonomy, and I will exalt it, I will worship it, and I will literally demonize it. That's what we have done. So, menciono todo eso porque otra vez, vemos esto como algo noble, de que podamos terminar la carrera juntos y llegar and until dead do us apart. You know, those words have lost so much meaning. Esta cuestión de que hasta que la, muer hasta que la muerte nos separe, porque trágicamente no es el caso. En la Biblia, el apóstol Pablo, Hablando de una iglesia que estaba batallando con todo esto, which is the church in Ephesus. This is the book of Ephesians. En los capítulos 4, chapter 4, verse 17 through 520. Esos capítulos, esa porción del libro de, de la Biblia, Pablo está lidiando con una iglesia que le caracteriza esto en confusión, que le caracteriza esto y que le caracteriza esto. So the question is, how did Paul deal? What did he say from the perspective of Apostolic, hablando del apóstol, inspirado por el autor de la Biblia, que es el Espíritu Santo, you know, the author of the Bible, the Holy Spirit, inspiring, choosing this man, man, as in multiple men, but in this case, Paul, speaking to the church in Ephesus about what to do in this constant, ever-changing culture, environment. Y aquí es donde entramos para lo, lo que hace el apóstol Pablo, which we don't have the time to do that, pero estamos hablando del 4.17. Aquí es donde está haciendo lo que se le llama un diagnosis. Está, está diagnosticando el problema. Está diciendo, hey, here is the issue. Now, hear me say this. Lo que Pablo no va a hacer, esto es lo que Pablo no va a hacer, he's not going to give the three steps to a happy ending marriage. Paul is not going to give the four steps on how to help the younger generation to stop doing relativism. Pablo lo que no va a hacer es simplemente decir, esto es lo que hay que hacer cuando la vida ha cambiado. No, no. Lo que Pablo va a hacer cuando ve una iglesia fragmentada, una cultura that literally is morally upside down, and they have lost, we have lost our ever loving minds, porque es lo que somos hoy en día, lo que va a hacer él, él va a reintroducir, no la mejor versión de la iglesia. He's going to reintroduce the creator of the church, the creator of culture, the creator of life, the creator of marriage. His name is Jesus Christ. That's what he's going to do. How does he do that? Glad you asked. Él lo que va a hacer, va a hablar acerca de cómo inició todo. En el libro de Génesis, going back to the beginning, the word Genesis, it means beginnings. At the very beginning, the Bible says, for this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother. Habla acerca de que el hombre dejará a su padre y a su madre, y dice, and he will be joined to his, what is it? To his wife. So, va a dejar a su padre, a su madre, se unirá a su mujer, y dice, y los dos se, this is the, the, el concepto de to merge, 
to, to, el, 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 en, en inglés va a usar la palabra become, uh, es el concepto to, to cling, to, de, de, de unirse, de convertirse en una sola persona. So what's, what's the point? All that I'm trying to tell you is that the church in Ephesus, el problema de la iglesia de Éfeso, el problema de la iglesia de Éfeso, basado en todo lo que he explicado, here's the problem. Ephesus was dealing with the result or the consequences of disregarding this principle. Y estoy usando el matrimonio como ejemplo. Es obvio que en Éfeso es más que matrimonio. En Éfeso, los hogares estaban divididos. La iglesia estaba dividida. La cultura estaba dividida. Does that sound like our culture today? We're just divided, right? Y, y aquí está el punto. El apóstol Pablo lo que hace es que los lleva otra vez a regresar a estos principios. Now, here's my invitation tonight. And again, we, we're, we're going to make this short and we're going to finish in just a second. Cuando ignoramos el plan original de Dios, de, de este concepto, de lo que está introduciendo el Señor en el libro de Génesis. This is God's original plan. One man and one woman. En el concepto de oneness. ¿sí? El concepto de fundirse, de unirse, de convertirse en una sola persona. Cuando esto es ignorado, here is the problem. Llegamos a, a creer la mentira basado en relativism, en my personal feelings, en my personal experiences, where I come from, who my mama was, or whatever, de que creemos en esta mentira que la meta, the win, the goal of marriage, ese es el problema, es de que se nos olvida que es el construir una vida juntos. Based on what we just read, based on Genesis, is about building a life together. En lugar de simplemente pensar que la meta del matrimonio, the, the win, the goal of marriage, is to feel loved or feel in love for the rest of the marriage. That's a lie. You don't feel in love all the time. Yeah. Tracking with me? We are not married because we feel in love. Of, we're married because a biblical command, because we made a covenant, and because I am committed to you. That's why we're married. Not because of our feelings, but in spite of our feelings. Tracking what I'm saying? Now, I'm not against the feelings. I'm, I'm not against feeling in love. I'm not against all these decorations and all these beautiful games or whatever. I lost, so I didn't like the game. But, you know, I, 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 I don't mind those things. I really thought I was going to win. I really thought, anyways, I, I, I need to count those things again. Este, el punto aquí es de que, aquí el punto es de que no se trata de nuestros, de, de cómo nos sentimos. Porque hoy en día somos una cultura, eso es lo que la cultura dice hoy en día. Si lo sientes, debes de hacerlo. So whatever you feel, you, don't, don't, don't hold it back, right? O sea, you just, you, you, anyways, la meta del matrimonio no es el sentirnos enamorados todo el tiempo. Es el construir. We marry to build a life together. That's what we get married. We, we build a life together. And, and the key word is life. I mean, it takes the whole life. Um, la otra cosa aquí, eh, otra vez, hablando de las mentiras y cómo estamos confundidos, because I think this is what Paul is dealing with in a very confused church, es que el matrimonio, el primero era la meta del matrimonio, el segundo es el matrimonio hacia la meta. So now is the marriage moving towards the goal. No se trata de casarme con la persona correcta. Again, this is the concept of soulmates, that I married the wrong person. Anybody tracking with me? And I can use so many analogies from Hollywood. En la cuestión de películas, las películas constantemente te muestran que, hey, you married the wrong person. No, 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 no. Listen to me. Listen. ¿Sí? No se trata de casarme con la persona correcta. Se trata de... It's about doing the right thing. It's not about marrying the right person. It's about doing the right thing. 
Y menciono todo esto porque otra vez, porque es el entender que en el concepto del matrimonio, once again, I'm going to go back, Genesis 2, 24. This is the foundation how marriage comes into place. ¿Me explico? Es acerca de hacer lo correcto. No se trata de que me case con la persona correcta. And I'm using this persona correcta a little bit of a, I guess, uh, sarcastically, because obviously you want to choose well, right? Una vez más. We need to choose well. We need to train our, the, the next generation to make the right choices. Y menciono todo eso porque, if we're honest, if we're honest, because we're so driven by relativism, we're so driven by whatever happens, a lot of the dating that is happening today, and I'm speaking of your kids and my kids and your grandkids, and hopefully, eventually, my grandkids, we are a generation that we see the writing on the wall and we still go after it. O sea, el guy no trabaja, el guy nada más no, y como quiera. And I'm like, come on, are you kidding me? Porque ese es el punto, ese es el punto. The issue is that we do have, we do have a problem today with men. In a sense that we have a problem with men, in a sense that we have the issue of extended adolescence. Sí, la, ado la adolescencia perpetuada o extendida. No, no, look at me, look at me, look at me. Esos extended adolescents, esos 33-year-old guys with a 5 o'clock shadow, you know, 2 o'clock shadow thing, playing video games until 4 o'clock in the morning, we created them. There is no one to blame but you and I. Tracking? O sea, no hay nadie más que le echar la culpa. Now, look, here's the challenge. And I do, we do have two girls at home. The issue is not that we have extended adolescents, 33-year-olds or whatever, that you moms keep on, you know, washing their clothes and cooking their meals. They need to, anyways. Uh, el issue para mí no es que existan esos muchachos. El issue es que nuestras hijas, they keep on choosing them. That's my issue. Because I don't have control over these guys, right? So hopefully I'm not speaking of any of our sons right now. But the most tragic thing is not that we have a son like that or sons. The issue is that our daughters keep on choosing these guys. And we have no problem with that. Yo siempre le digo a las muchachas, if you are living together, if you're cohabitating, el vivir juntos antes de casarse, you're training your, your men and your future spouse to be unfaithful to you. Lo estás entrenando. Because you're teaching him that no one says no to him. De que él tiene acceso a lo que sea. So, again, it's a mutual thing. I'm picking on ladies right now. But the same, I mean, you know, as men, we are so responsible and accountable for this. Todo esto lo estoy mencionando, hermanos, otra vez, porque aquí es donde entran todas estas mentiras que estamos mencionando. And, and, and this is a plague. This is a serious, serious problem. La Biblia presenta, this is the way the Bible presents life. I'm talking about just life in general. Pero en, la, en la transformación del ser humano, when men, when men finds, when men is found by God, la transformación del ser humano ha happens. This, this regeneration, la, el cambio, la salvación del hombre, inicia en el espíritu del hombre. It is at the, at the spiritual level, because we are spiritual beings. We were created in the image and likeness of God. Espiritualmente, el hombre nace muerto. Entonces, el hombre es transformado, regenerado, cambiado en su espíritu. Eventualmente, esa transformación empieza a crear un domino effect, donde ahora empieza una renovación de la mente. Pablo dice en Romanos, Romans 12, talking about the renovation, the transformation, the, the, the changing of the mind. Y luego, eventualmente, 
afecta, y digo eventualmente, pero es an instant process and it's a progressive process. Es lo que la Biblia describe como justification. We're saved automatically, but then also we're being sanctified. We've been saved and eventually we will be saved cuando venga Cristo por segunda vez. Am I confusing anybody? I hope it, my language is not confused. I'm speaking very fast because of the dual language and because of my time. But here's where I'm going. Listen, listen, listen. So, quiero que, 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 que se imaginen la cuestión de la vida como un tren. If you can picture a train. So, at the engine level, which is what leads and moves the life of every individual, is the spirit. Es el espíritu del hombre. And by the way, when I say spirit, ese es el capítulo 2 de Génesis. Did you know that by the next chapter, spiritually speaking, We go, we go down to hell. Porque es la caída del hombre, right? La serpiente se aparece, es tentado el hombre, la mujer, el resto lo conocemos. Now, look at me. This is why I'm speaking of the transformation of the heart. Porque el issue is not the decisions that we make. The issue is not what we do for men and women. The issue is who we are. And we are dead spiritually. Espiritualmente estamos muertos. No, no, es lo, no son las mañas que traemos, no son que así no era ella antes. Y, no, 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 no. Es lo que somos, no lo que hacemos. Ok, now listen, listen. So, so, si ese es el caso, y piensan conmigo, the, the, imagery, the, the image of a train, la engine va a ser el espíritu del hombre, el espíritu del hogar. See, so, so you may have a rebellious kid, rebellious kid. you may have, uh, uh, you, maybe marriage is going through the valley of the shadow and death. El problema no es lo que te hizo ella o lo que le hiciste. El problema es que espiritualmente estamos muertos. So, engine. Después es nuestra manera de pensar y eventualmente son nuestros feelings, lo que sentimos. I'm saying all this porque esto que está aquí en la pantalla es lo que en un tren es el caboose. Es el último de los vagones. Típicamente este vagón, I don't know if you know guys, you guys know what this is about, o qué, qué, qué función tiene este, este último uh, carrito del tren, pero este típicamente lo usan como, una, como un, un dormitorio. El maquinista, los, you know, uh, they, 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 they typically uh, sleep on those long trips here. Pero here's my point. If you think about life, this is what the feelings are supposed to be in the train, the caboose. At the very end. That's what feelings. I'm not against feelings. It's just that where feelings are supposed to be. From a biblical perspective, from a God perspective, at the engine, it's literally the transformation of the heart, the spiritual renewal, right? Porque ahora, cuando conocemos a Cristo, es el Espíritu de Cristo en nosotros. So it's Jesus' Spirit transforming our lives, bringing us from deadness into life, from darkness into light. Tracking with me? Okay. Eso implica que otra vez, el resto del tren son los pensamientos, and for some of us, it takes a little longer, right? To change our thinking. But look at me, even if in your thinking you're still dealing with past experiences, in your thinking you're still putting yourself down and dealing with depression, in your thinking you may think that you're the greatest gift to the world and you're prideful, whatever you find yourself, look at me, does not change the transformation of your heart at the engine level. Porque la salvación del hombre es exclusivamente la obra de Cristo. Independientemente cómo pensamos o cómo sentimos. Now, look at me, I am not saying... This is what I'm not saying. I'm not saying that you, that you have green light to keep on feeling or thinking whatever you want to do. It's not working, right? It's un proceso, pero también es instantáneo. Here's my point. I'm, I'm bringing all that explanation because where you are, where you and I find ourselves today, ¿dónde estamos viviendo nuestras vidas como iglesias, como cristianos, como padres, como jóvenes, como casados, solteros, solteros otra vez? We are the generation that this has become the engine. We're driven by feelings. We have, once again, hemos exaltado, hemos idolatrado y hemos satanizado los sentimientos. That's exactly where we are. 
Entonces, Pablo hablando a los Efesios, es exactly what he finds. Encuentra una iglesia que literalmente el tren está volteado. Donde ahora, cuando mi vida es gobernado por lo que siento, it's about my feelings. When that's the case, then my thinking is going to be led by what I feel. Now, look at me. I'm still a Christian, and I still believe in God. Is that, that now God serves my thinking, and God literally is my cosmic butler that serves my feelings. Porque la engine se ha convertido en el capuz. That's exactly what Paul is writing to. That's the church of Ephesus for you in a nutshell. Ahora, yo creo que es exactamente donde estamos hoy en día. Trágicamente, es donde estamos hoy en día. By the way, everything I just explained to you, this is what we call a blind spot. Cuando vas manejando y tienen sus espejos laterales, hay una, bueno, hoy en día los carros nuevos tienen obviamente todo lo que es la uh, artificial intelligence que te dan el beep beep porque te dicen que hay un object en el blind spot, right? En los carros nuevos hoy en día. Pero typically, blind spot means that you don't see it. So, nobody wakes up. No man, no woman, no church, no pastor, no single individual, your kid and my kids, they never wake up in the morning and say, I'm really, really led by the caboose. I'm just a mess. Look at my feelings. Nobody. ¿Por qué? Porque toda actitud, todo pensamiento is justifiable in our minds. That's why we do it. Because in our minds, it makes perfect sense. La manera en que actuamos, cómo vivimos. Y menciono todo esto porque es ahí donde el apóstol Pablo nos recuerda, y es lo que acabo de explicar, la regeneration happens in spirit, intellect, and emotions, right? So, once again, this is the caboose. Y, y, y entender que la salvación de la persona, la salvación de un hombre, la salvación de una familia, la salvación de una generación, es literalmente, you, it's about a person. That's what it, it's all about, salvation. Which implies, you welcome that person, his name is Jesus, you embrace the truths that he said about himself, You have to confess, you have to believe what he said about himself, and then you adopt his lifestyle. So, cuando se trata la persona de Cristo, en este aspecto, es obvio que Cristo fue una persona con sentimientos. It's just that his feelings were led by his thinking, and his thinking was controlled by the mind of his heavenly Father. So, so, so dream, think with me, as a man, as a woman. Think with me, as a community of men and women, Middle-aged people, elderly people, young people, que en un momento dado podamos entender la experiencia de la salvación de nuestras vidas, donde ahora lo que nos lleva a pensar es esto, es que ahora, when I think about God's principle, which is the doctrine, becomes a lifestyle. It's not, it's not, this is what I know, this is how I live. No, no, no. It's, this is what I know, and based on what I know, so I have to know, right? So, no tenemos lo que se llama blind faith, Aquí no es nada más porque mi mamá me llevó a la iglesia o porque soy el hijo del pastor. O el... No, no. Esta cuestión es me assuming, understanding that what I believe is extremely important. But more important is the object of my belief. O sea, ¿cuál es la razón por qué creo? La doctrina es lo que produce un estilo de vida. Y en este caso, esta doctrina, speaking of the things that I'm bringing to you, going back to the book of Genesis, coming back into understanding God's original plan, should reflect on how we do life Cómo tomamos decisiones afecta nuestro world view, nuestra manera en que procesamos la vida, porque la verdad siempre es relacional. What am I saying? This is what I'm saying. This is what I'm saying. Esto es lo que estoy tratando de decir. Si no tenemos cuidado, vamos a seguir predicándole a nuestros jóvenes y no vamos a afectar sus decisiones en su vida. Tracking? Because most of our kids, they know. It's common sense. 
Most of them they know. The issue most of the time is not knowledge. It's connecting that to ethical decisions, relational decisions, personal decisions, feelings, thoughts. Tracking with me? Entonces, ¿cómo le hacemos eso en la persona de Cristo? Cuando él hablaba la verdad, la hablaba con el propósito de bendecir a otros. So, I'm going to say this again. Because we, we can preach all night long. We can preach for years. And we should continue to preach. But you got to make sure that the preaching, the end result of preaching is literally the transformation of lives. Una generación de un tren donde potentially our generation, they don't know that they've been led by the caboose. A lo mejor ellos no lo saben. Lo que hace la predicación del evangelio es que expone la realidad de que eso no está funcionando. That you cannot continue to drive yourself through the caboose. The Bible doesn't condemn the caboose. La Biblia simplemente pone los sentimientos de la persona en el lugar que le corresponden. ¿Verdad? Entonces, iniciamos con the engine, which is the spirit of the living God, con el cual hemos sido sellados. Es su Espíritu Santo que nos sella, nos regenera. Hablamos de los pensamientos, which now we move from the sealing of the spirit to the feeling of the spirit. O sea, la llenura de su espíritu, lo cual controla las emociones. Solamente quiero leer un versículo de la Biblia y vamos a hablar después de esto. Aquí es donde el apóstol Pablo habla de la centralidad o la manera en que él va a presentar la solución a una generación gobernada por el cabuz. This is what he says, speaking to the church in Ephesus. Chapter 1, verse 10. En este versículo, observen cómo Pablo no va a hablar acerca de que, hey, um, here is the steps to go back and let the engine rule or lead, lead your life. Uh, ve, vean lo que hace. Para llevarlo a cabo cuando se cumpliera el tiempo. This is Paul speaking to the church. I know you're in trouble. I know you, this is not working out. I know there's a lot of divisiveness. I know there's a lot of brokenness. Paul is speaking to the church in Ephesus. Pero esta es la manera en que lo soluciona. Regarding his plan... God's plan, not the church's plan. God's plan, not your kids' plans. God's plans, not the government's plan. Whose plan? God's plan. Because, otra vez, aquí no podemos estar con esta cuestión de que, hey, I'm willing to try God as long as God embraces, endorses, and blesses my understanding. No, 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 no. God is not here to simply agree, deal with you, cut a deal with you, negotiate with you. Al principio hablamos de la soberanía de Dios. So, either he controls and rules everything, or he rules literally. Uh, I mean, es la cuestión de que Pablo está hablando, dice, regarding his plan of the fullness of time. En, en, en el propósito, en, en el plan eterno de Dios, God before creation literally plays a plan of action on how the redemption of the world will take place. This is what I'm saying. Look at me. This is what I'm saying. When Genesis 3 happens, Genesis 3, y, y la caída del hombre, Adán y Eva pecan, el pecado de Adán y Eva no tomó a Dios por sorpresa. When COVID shows up, God didn't go like, oh my goodness, what are we going to do with COVID? Let's call a business meeting between the, the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Let's figure out a plan because I've never seen this mess. No, God is sovereign. Remember that? Entonces, en su plan de redención, la manera en que él ha trazado ese plan de redención, Pablo está diciendo, regarding, in regards, cuando se trata de ese plan, cuando se llevó a cabo y se cumpliera el tiempo, according to his plan, and I'm going to say this again, <laughs> I hope in tonight we come in agreement that we got to join this plan, man. 
I don't know what you're go what's going on in your life and how successful you may find yourself or confident. Or maybe you're like begging for help and you're like, man, the caboose is not helping me. Whatever you find yourself, here's the invitation. There is a plan established before the foundations of the world. This marriage thing, it wasn't your idea. I know you saw her and you fell in love with her. And I know, you know, I remember the first time that you kissed, although nobody agreed when you first the first, you kissed for the first time tonight. Y hubo muchos chicles, ¿verdad? Porque no se pusieron de acuerdo. Pero esta cuestión del matrimonio es el plan de Dios. Es la manera en que Dios estableció desde antes de la fundación del mundo que iba a ser un hombre y una mujer en el contexto de oneness, right? Es el contexto de exclusividad. Es el contexto de procreación. Lo que a mí. Yo estoy de acuerdo con perritos, gatitos y cotorritos, pero hay que tener hijos. I know I just offended people, okay? Because a lot of people, they don't want to have kids. They don't want to get married. They don't want to have kids. And, and I'm saying, this is not working. This is not, it's not. Anyways, I, I'm, just, I'm just asking you. Let's go back to his plan. Okay? Dice, con respecto al plan de él, cuando, uh, para llevarlo a cabo cuando se cumpliera el tiempo, And now, here's the plan. Here's the plan. What's the plan? What's the plan? Okay, here's the plan. It's to bring all things together in Christ. El plan no es, el plan no es que se reúnan todos entre ustedes. See, Paul is not opposing for cohesiveness and reconciliation. And if you almost got divorced, Paul is not agreeing for you and I to reconcile as a married man and a married woman. He's not opposed. The issue is not how we feel and what's going on and what happened to me or what she did to me or what I have done in the past. The issue is that our reconciliation must begin with Jesus Christ. Because Jesus is your problem. Jesus is, you see, Your problem is not who you marry or who you thought you marry. El problema no es quién te crió y cómo fue tu abuelita y ahora que pasó esto. El problema del ser humano es Cristo. Y digo el problema porque nuestra división, nuestra fragmentación es con la persona de Dios. La cuestión de nosotros, nuestra fragmentación entre nosotros es simplemente the end result of that fragmentation. He simply says this, to bring all things together in Christ, things in the heavens and things on the earth. O sea, está hablando de, de, del, del dominio completo de las cosas de Dios a través de la persona de Cristo, sea en el mundo visible como en el invisible, sean las presentes del pasado y las que están por venir. Es el Dios que está sentado en su trono, que Él no está paniqueando, que está en control de las cosas y que la invitación es simplemente que vengamos a Él, reconozcamos que su plan original es el único del cual Él se hace responsable y que Él por el amor que siente por nosotros, just like a father, he will let you face your consequences. If you want to continue to drive your life and your marriage, your finances, your prayer life, your spiritual life by the caboose, go ahead and knock yourself out. You let me know how that works for you. You let me know how that's working for us today. So, nos acercamos al Dios de misericordia. Que su misericordia no promete que nos vamos a llevar bien todos y que vamos a... No, su misericordia es esta, es de que Él da la oportunidad de reconciliarnos con Él, de regresar a la unidad con Él, de que esta noche iniciamos la conversación declarando todos somos enemigos de Dios. 
Literalmente todos hemos pecado de que no hay justo ni siquiera uno. ¿Me explico? Porque la paga del pecado es muerte, porque todos merecemos muerte. Mas su dádiva, su misericordia, es que nos permite entrar, reconciliar, regresar a decir en Cristo Jesús. En Cristo Jesús todas las cosas potencialmente son reconciliadas. Todas las cosas pueden literalmente ser traídas a algo completamente nuevo si reconocemos que a quien le hemos fallado, reconocemos que nuestro problema es literalmente la santidad de Dios, la justicia de Dios y que el plan de Dios se va a llevar a cabo si lo creemos o no lo creemos esta noche.